welcome to the Mill Creek View CEO Special with me, your host, Steve Abramowitz, where I interview the best business people and entrepreneurs. Hello, and welcome back to the Mill Creek View CEO Special with your host, Steve Abramowitz. We are focused on the best businesses doing good business in America. Today, we are with Daniel Diallo, Diallo, sorry. Yep. I tried, I worked on that, I practiced it. But first, for more information about the CEO special, go to YouTube or the Mill Creek View Stable of Podcasts, Tennessee, Washington, and now Florida. Visit us anywhere you get your podcast or videos at Mill Creek View. While you're there, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of this amazing content. And please pass it on to 10 people you care about. And thanks for doing it. Daniel Diallo, President Dan is a co-founder and president of Employee Share and has more than 34 years of professional HR experience. He is a graduate of Boston University School of Music, 1979. He worked for four national outsourcing companies before forming Employee Share, Employee Share, with partner Richard Caputo. Dan is responsible for business development. Full disclosure, I'm a customer of Employee Share. Mr. Dalio is also an accomplished musician, recording artist, and producer. He has performed with numerous orchestras, bands, and recording artists around the nation and currently owns and manages his own professional recording studio. He believes that the discipline in music and business are closely related. To reach a very high level of performance expertise, you must practice perfectly and consistently, Dan says, and you must constantly consider all options for improvement in your methods. This is the same work ethic that Richard and he apply to his businesses. Dan is married with three daughters, three son-in-laws, and five grandchildren. Hello, Daniel. How are you today? Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for coming on with us today. Uh, it's been said comparing employee share, active HR to other employee companies is not apples to apples, but apples to toast. Tell us why your service is unique to payroll or employment leasing companies. Our, our services are unique in the depth of uh, human response that we provide to our clients across the nation. We are a very overused term called high touch, but it does mean that when you pick up the phone to call your assigned HR executive or payroll certified payroll tech, you're going to get a person answering the phone. And that's unique in the industry because the industry is going to online user interface, go find your own stuff, here's the form, fill it out. And we're the opposite of that. Excellent. Well, you have a tried and true formula now, and obviously um, the big guys out there, the uh, the um, uh, ADMs and the, no, ADPs, sorry, and the um, employ, uh, um, Compu, uh, CompuServe, I'm forgetting the other names all of a sudden. There's a ton of them, man. There's a ton of them there. But you have a formula that is tried and true for what you're trying to accomplish. And so you start with design. You start with a deep dive into you, um, the current, the client's business model, conduct a thorough and collaborative examination of the business, its strength, weaknesses, vulnerabilities, and gaps. Tell us more about that design process that you go through. Well, payroll in itself is a transaction, uh, but what surrounds payroll agreements, legal entities, the business model that the advisor wants or the employer wants, and the continuation of that model through their lifetime is very important. Uh, it's just not you know paying someone a check. Uh, and in this industry, 
financial advisory industry, there's there's a compliance issue when one advisor pays another or uses a non-registered entity. Uh, and it's so serious that if you get caught doing it wrong, you might be in a different business. Uh, so it, that's helped drive our our growth and stability because there are a ton of advisors and employers that say, hey, I'd rather do it the right way than get caught later and, and backpedal and, and maybe lose everything I've worked so hard for. And what? Gravi- and I feel the same way about employer. Just why? Why take the risk? Absolutely, absolutely. And what gravitated you towards the financial industry versus all the other industries uh, America has to offer? It goes back decades, um, and it uh, wasn't by accident. I can't use names uh, because I don't have their release, but one. <laughs> Excuse me. One of the largest broker dealers in America found us through their law firm. They had a problem with paying commissions and looked for a firm that could solve the problem and keep them out of hot water. And and we became that vendor. And it's been a lifelong relationship. It's turned us into many different areas of supporting a financial advisor and other clients, too. Uh, and it just, uh, I won't call it a stroke of luck. I would call it just a great, great karma. Okay. And the business climate of Pennsylvania versus say Manhattan or where I am, Tennessee, anything in particular that draws you to headquarter there besides your home? <laughs> uh, well, my business partner, Rich Caputo owns a very large insurance agency. So we're all housed in the same wonderful building in beaver falls pennsylvania it's a great place to be you know why because no one goes there on vacation <laughs> so the, so the, the cost of living is reasonable too and in today's time you know you have to watch the bottom line every day you just can't go willy-nilly and there there you know the idea of having multiple locations has crossed our mind but the expense is not, is not worthy well, that's good. And in, Somebody who looks after know, other it, people's businesses should definitely mind their own as well. So that's great. Well, a, a strong employer helps our clients. It's it's important. We don't we don't sponsor golf tournaments, PGA events. Uh, we're very serious about the bottom line and our rates. I mean, I think we've had a rate increase in fifteen years, and and, and that's I mean, who can say that in in today's world with cost push and everything? Nope. With inflation and the cost of regulations going up on everything, oh. you're absolutely right. That's a great Everywhere. history yes. to have for you. So the result of your design process, a very detailed plan, which includes recommendations and solutions to manage to protect your practice, in addition to guidance and directives for mitigating your risk with various federal and state regulatory agencies. Now, that's fascinating because that's not exactly payroll delivery systems where the employees are happy because their checks hit their accounts on time. That's something much more rolling up the sleeves and looking under the hood. Tell us more about that process. Well, the, the, you know, protecting our clients book of business is at the forefront of our business. So, you know, when you're a financial advisor, you don't own your clients. You might have a right to the revenue that the broker dealer pays you or if you're an RIA, but at the end of the day, the clients can go anywhere they want. So our agreements are structured, number one, to protect the employer and then to protect the book of business. Uh, being an employer today uh, is is high risk. High risk. It's sort of like standing in the middle of a highway hoping you don't get hit uh, because we're in a litigious society. You know that. 
and everything you do is measured by your employees. So you have to be very careful. And that's this is where our firm becomes very important. Our agreements, our offer letters, our employment agreements, restrictive covenants, all the things that go into just tying your business down. And 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 we we study these things. It's just not like here as a template. We actually write these documents. And that's important because if I'm going to you for a will, <laughs> I don't want you to hand it to me and say, hey, fill in these blanks. I want a discussion. I want a deep dive into, you know, our plan. And then I want you to produce a document. Mm. So the second pillar of your business is build at employee share, build your business model and install processes and safeguards to enhance and protect your practice. Deliverables include an array of necessary business documents, such as state specific employment agreements. That must be a complete nest of red tape and each state is different. Job descriptions, obviously that's very important when you're trying to find the right person. Compensation agreements, huge. Employee handbooks, succession agreements, equity agreements, protective documents, and more. You are also aligned, uh, al- you also align legal entity operating documents, insurance, and accounting practices to help the, cl- the client strengthen and fortify the protective layers they expect from a legal entity. So you are giving legal advice, I assume, and able to do this through um, all the different complexities of the different regulations in the states and, and across the country. Yes. Yes. And it, it's um, we work we do work with our client's attorney, just so you know, I think with as a client, Steve, I think we've told you that, that, you know, even though we have a, a plethora of attorneys who are excellent, uh, we're not a law firm. Mm-hmm. We can't be a law firm. So we make it clear that we will work with your attorney and finish these documents. And that generally raises your attorney up because we're in a niche that most attorneys aren't familiar with. So when we start working with your attorney on a succession agreement, for instance, um, your attorney is getting our education. And that's better for our client who has counsel because now the counsel is well aware of, wow, I didn't know this was like that in your business, Steve. And and that's that's good. We don't hold these things close to us. Yeah, that is, we, that we is an amazing thing. And so could, do you have any uh, success stories on that model, the build model that you can tell us about in a few minutes just to get an understanding of how it would work for somebody out there who may have never heard of this before and can then right. internalize well, it and the, say, oh, know, I need deep, that too. You know, the deep dive that we provide is a look at what the client has now. Show us everything you have. Show us your succession agreement. Show us your employment agreements, if any. And we don't do this to poke at them. We do this. We do this to manage the change element. Because remember, you already have employees. So we're coming in and revising, redoing, remaking everything to fit state law. A great example, a very large client we have. I went to the employee meeting. This client has had most of the employees in the room for 10 years. And the employees are looking at me and not blinking, trying to figure out what's going on. Is there something wrong that our employer is having this company come in and doing all this stuff? And basically, the employer said, hey, I've been a financial advisor for 25 years. I need to get my house in order. These folks are providing agreements to us that meets the law. That's important for you. And it's important for me. I can't not comply. And uh, and it worked. The client's been with us for decades. And, and, and it's the truth. 
you know, employers have a responsibility to follow the law uh, and not ignore uh, uh, agreements that are necessary. Employees generally welcome a clear job description, generally, because, you know, I was reading a survey on LinkedIn and people were asking in the survey, it was like 5,000 people asked, what's most important to you in your job, in your role for your employer? Is it money? Is it time off? Or is it job clarity? And job clarity came in number one. And that's because when people come in in the morning to go to work, they want to know what their role is. If they don't, then that provides ambiguity, insecurity. And so the job description, believe it or not, is one of the most important documents in our library. Yeah, I believe it. And it's not anything like it used to be in the old days where two friends could shake hands and uh, start a business and grow and bring on new clients yeah. and think that everybody's on the same page. The clarity that you provide, obviously, and the support and the experience, invaluable. Um, now, it's obviously no business is one size fits all. I, for example, have employees now in Washington State, Tennessee, and trying to bridge states in between, each with their own regulatory environment. Are you able to provide service in all 50 states? Uh, currently, we're in 49. We're not in Alaska. So, yes. Okay. There are no restrictions to us other than what the client wants. Uh, if they're looking for something, like I've, we get calls all the time. Well, I just want payroll. I don't want you to do anything. Just payroll. Just cut the checks. Well, we tend not to do that. Uh, we have alternatives besides our, our active HR flagship. But we just can't cut a check. We've tried and, and we've learned that even though we were cutting the checks, employees still call. Owners still call. Hey, I need help with this. The laws changed. Can you update my handbook that I did, but you didn't do it? And so everything that we do has to be interactive with our client. We have to be able to maintain, keep up with regulatory changes and of revised documents. Remember the stay at home during, what, 2020? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Our, our team was magnificent. They revised so many job descriptions in that beginning of that year because all of a sudden people weren't coming in. You have a new job description. It's not like the same. So it has to be revised and agreed upon. Otherwise, you won't have any control of your staff who are at home. And uh, it was a big it was a big task uh, that our team handled really well. Yeah. What a silver lining, though, for for life lesson and business lessons. So. The third pillar is operate, obviously, um, and what you just described, obviously, ADP is not going to pick up the phone and do all of that business that you just talked about. You design and build your customized business model. Now we help you operate in 24-7. Our active HR approach integrates normally fragmented processes into a single source solution. We connect business model to your practice and employees, bringing you into a protective position with regulation who can hurt you the most, like FINRA. SEC, DOL, IRS, and numerous state agencies, more every day. We help you run your business and reduce your burden of risk, as you described, so you can spend more time with your clients. What I also found fascinating on your website are case studies, um, one of which I just want to talk about, a strong case for outsourcing HR. What can you tell us about that? Hmm. You have to refresh me on that article. Uh, what was the theme of that article? Because I haven't read it. You caught me. Uh, basically that um, the uh, employee, uh, I guess the owner of the company's expense of being in HR or having an HR department can be simplified and, and streamlined by working with you. 
Right. Well, the, the, the theme behind outsourcing anything, but especially HR, is as a business owner, you want to focus on your core competencies. And a core competency, of course, is something that you do to make money or your employee does to make money. Uh, context functions are things you outsource, not to lose control, but to gain time. So payroll is a context function. If you if your employee hits uh, makes a perfect payroll every week, you're not going to make any more money ever, ever. So you want to get rid of things that you don't need to do to afford more time. Now, the risk issue is a secondary issue because we're a fiduciary to our client of sorts. When you call us for guidance and consulting, we're on the hook for that. Hey, uh, employee share family leave. I have an employee that's pregnant. Please tell me what I need to do. Now we're on the hook for what we tell you. And it's very important because you have an employee that's about to have a child and you have a business that's about to lose someone for X months. So there's a, there's a, I don't believe you should ever go to the web to Google risk. I don't, I don't think so. I, I would never do that. Hey, I need to go find out what to do from a, a Google search. Cause I don't know about you, but I can find almost anything on Google to answer my question the way I want it answered. Yeah. But that's not the you law. Misspell it. You might end up with something your eyes will never unsee. <laughs> um, so well put, well put <laughs> before we run out of time here, tell us, if do, do people come to you for the reason to come to employee share for payroll and then discover all these wonderful worlds that open up to them at your services or do they come to you for everything already because that's your reputation uh, both it really depends on how they walked into us or referred to us or came to us rather most of the referrals we get are from high level field leaders attorneys and cpas who have heard of us and know of us through their client and say, you need to look at this because right now you don't have a succession plan. Your agreements are 12 years old and we think you should spend the money and update them with employees. Gotcha. And, and really that's, you know, if I, if I called a financial advisor every day, they would never answer the phone. But when they call me, uh, I answer the phone immediately and they want to talk and, and you know, sort of like that in your business. I want to talk to you, Steve. You're there, and and it's the same way for us, right? So you treat your customers like clients, as you should. Um, all right. Yeah. So let's see: financial practice mergers and acquisitions, considerations for buyers and sellers, book of business composition, valuation of practice, client relationships, demographics, culture, covenants, disputes, tax implications. So I'm sure not a lot of folks would have heard of you and thought, "Wow, I could work with them on a." merger and acquisition practice. Tell us about that. Uh, it's the number one uh, draw right now, and I think it will continue to be. And that's because uh, most independent independent practices with two or three people, maybe 10, are finding their payouts uh, being reduced by their payor, <laughs> their gro broker dealer. And so they're looking to come together for uh, scale and for payout, consistent payout. So we see lots of advisors forming legal entities and becoming partners, and they come to us so that we can manage that risk for them uh, and teach them and show them and actually do the work for employing each other. Because I said, in the, as I said in the beginning of the call, when one advisor pays another advisor, there is a risk. And it's very important 
uh, and you shouldn't ignore it. And someone did ask me one time, I know you didn't ask this, but hey, Dan, who's your biggest competitor? And it's not payroll companies. It's doing nothing. Hmm. That's our biggest competitor. Because, you know, most advisors spend their money and invest in their practice and their financial advisory world, but they generally don't invest in their structure, meaning their business structure. Yeah. It's just not something that's on their plate. Yeah. One thing I found in my 30 something year career is that we were trained to talk to clients, sell products, understand the risk, do the asset allocation, but we have absolutely no idea how to run a business, especially if we came from what's called the wirehouse world where you spend all your life and the W-2 is taken care of, the employees are paid for, the insurance is covered, all these kind of things. But once you become independent or franchise franchisee, <clears throat> it's now all of a sudden you're a CEO. How quickly do you learn an MBA in business uh, overnight? Not very often. So the odds of risk being high and failure being high is fantastic. But somebody like you on the case can minimize that and definitely let everyone know from your experience how to avoid some of those potholes and keep that learning curve uh, swooped in the right direction. Okay, last question. How employee share helps you? We align your agreement with FINRA, SEC, IRS, Department of Labor Laws, regulations, and B slash D policies, fees based on scope of work, including offer term letters, purchase agreements, guidance, and consulting until completion of sale. We collaborate with your attorney and CPA to structure the terms and agreements with your best interests in mind. So I'm assuming your success rate is very, very high providing all of these services. It is. It is. And it's, uh, you know, someone asked me, so who's your typical prospect, Dan? And and the answer is someone that cares about this stuff. Uh, someone that doesn't is not going to come with us. It's not going to happen. All right. And last, lastly, since 1993, you've done more than 2,400 projects, tracks, short, <laughs> short films, original music for different recording artists. It's something that drives your spirit. It's a God-given opportunity to have the ability to enjoy something. In the last two minutes, tell us about that and then how everybody can go out and find you, maybe on social, your website, any way that they can connect with you if they're interested in getting a, a streamlined business out of you. Sure. Well, we have a, uh, I do have a recording studio website. I think I sent it to you. Uh, it's landonstudios.com, L-A-N-D-E-N studios.com. And that is my grandson's name, not mine. Uh, I've been a musician since I was seven, professionally since 11. So like I said to you, Steve, more than one time, you have a lot of passions in your business uh, and, and many businesses. And it's, it's, uh, it's, gratifying to see you know that we're so much alike you know music is is a kind of a personal uh, endeavor i've worked with many artists uh that might be famous someday maybe not it doesn't matter though because my goal in music has been to help people that normally would never go into a studio because that's what happened to me as a young boy people came to me because of my talent and said i have an opportunity and it was just wonderful how those things happen. So helping people uh, enjoy their music and their own talent is just phenomenal. Love it dearly. Um, and then that's, you know, what, what drives me. Uh, I love to play. I'll be playing next month. Uh, but I, as I get older and with my grandchildren, I don't play out as much anymore. 
only because the, the, the family is more important. I'd, I'd much rather be with my grandchildren, my wife and my children on a Friday night than gigging in some club. That's awesome. Those days, that, it's, it's just not worth it. Family first, work-life balance, that is key, yep. even when you're dealing with employees of other people's companies. So I really want to mm-hmm. thank you for taking the time to come on the CEO special with me today. It's been a pleasure. I'm enjoying working with you on and off the screen. And we, I don't want Zoom to cut you off completely without being rude. So thank you for your time. And thank I'm you. And I seeing you again soon. Have a wonderful weekend and thank you. Welcome to my book of the day segment where I show you a book you might enjoy and more importantly, apply to your business. Too Big to Fail, the inside story of how Wall Street and Washington fought to save the financial system and themselves. Andrew Ross Sorkin is the New York Times' chief merger and acquisitions reporter and a columnist. Mr. Sorkin, a leading voice about Wall Street and corporate America, is also the editor of DealBook, an online daily financial report he started in 2001. In addition, Mr. Sorkin is an assistant editor of business and finance news, helping guide and shape the paper's coverage. Mr. Sorkin, who has appeared on NBC's Today Show and on Charlie Rose on PBS, is a frequent guest host of CNBC's Squawk Box. He won an award, the highest honor uh, in business journalism in 2004 for breaking news. In one of the most gripping financial narratives, Andrew Ross Sorkin, a New York Times columnist and one of the country's most respected financial reporters, delivers the first definitive blow-by-blow account of the economic crisis that brought the world to the brink. Through unprecedented access to the players involved, he recreates all the drama and turmoil of these turbulent days and recounts how motivated as often by ego and greed as by fear and self-preservation, the most powerful men and women in finance and politics decided the fate of the world's economy. That's it for this episode. Really hope you like it. If you like what you heard here, be sure to check out our other shows, the Mill Creek View, Tennessee, Washington, and Florida podcasts, and subscribe to mcview.us, our website. And thank you for doing it. Until next time, this is your host, Steve Abramowitz, CEO of the Mill Creek View, signing off.